I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst show I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, 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 stop. Ow! Uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. Uh, I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That is Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade. And each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is exactly what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. That's true. How, how are you? I am doing very well. How are you? Good. I'm not feeling so good. Um, and the reason we're, nobody knows this, but I'm now telling them, but like, we're doing it slightly earlier than we usually do it because I'm supposed to meet up with a friend at a bar for drinks after this Daniel, Uh at the Mm -hmm. bar just down the street. And he hasn't texted me all day and Uh we haven't like confirmed a time. So like, we're like drinks on Wednesday. Yeah. And we normally always do eight o'clock, but I'm just kind of hoping he doesn't text. (laughs) So, I'll I've keep been, you up. I've if been he, there many times. If he texts during the show, then I'm going to go. And I've been flaky enough with him the past few times that I feel like if he texts, like, hey, I really don't I, – I really should just go, you know? Friend of the show, Adam Vaught, had uh, a friend – oh, you met her. Remember Stacy when I was in uh, – Yeah. I remember – okay. I, I don't know if we told this star in the show, but when – so when I went to go visit Mike Lawson – uh, Adam Vaught and friend of the show Shane uh, met up in Oakland with me, and we hung out in Oakland. And Mike Lawson came, and we hung out in a cemetery. We hung out in a cemetery, and we told that story. I think on the we show. told it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Adam Vaught brought had his friend Stacy, who lived in Oakland at the time, come meet us. And I guess she was excited to meet me because she had heard so much about me. But just sort of the way that the bar was situated. She was far away from me. It was loud, and I didn't talk to her. She felt slighted. And, and she was sitting so close to me, and I'm very compelling, that she was just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, naturally, she gravitated towards me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then Adam Vaught was angry with me because he felt like I ignored his friend. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I, I, I sent her an autographed photo to make up for it. <laughs> I'm not lying. I, I, go, what? I, I don't believe that you're lying. Yeah. So, so then he he tells me she's in L.A. this week. And I go, you know what? I want to make it up to her. She seemed like a really nice girl. I'm going to – let's hang out. And he's like, okay. And she goes, we connect. And she says, let's do Tuesday at lunch or Thursday at lunch. Who cares, right? At lunch. Weekday. Yeah. And then that day happens and it's just like <laughs> so slim. And I don't – I don't want to go. I have That's to go my all life. The, yeah. It's like she's on the east side of LA. She's like in the most inconvenient part of LA. It's going to be super trafficy to go home. And I'm like, oh, God. It's a person I don't even really know, right? Yeah. So, but I'm all, you know what? Joe, she's counting on you. You committed. I committed. Let's just fucking suck it up. So I drive down there, right? 
she, I see her, she looks so out of it. Yeah. Right? And she's just very like, oh, hey. Yeah. You hear her on her phone talking to someone. She's like, hold on. I, I have to meet up with one of Adam's friends. Yeah. I told him I would. We got, we have, it. it's so, this, this, it, it was fine. We were both very nice to each other, but you could tell neither one of us wanted to be there. That makes sense. Yeah, we'd so rather why be somewhere. Do it? So then later, I leave, and Adam like is like, "How was?" I go, "Oh, it was fine." He goes, "Oh, Stacy was super, super, super hungover. Like she's never been in her life. Like she was throwing up the whole day, and she wanted to cancel on you, but she felt badly, so she didn't." And I was Aww. like, "Oh, she should have canceled. She should yeah. have totally canceled. That would have been totally fine." That's probably the same thing right now with Daniel. Is Daniel's like, "Ugh, yeah." I, I mean, he's Mike really busy, too, so hopefully he just won't text. I mean, we usually meet up at 8. <sighs> the The problem is, should I text him and say, like, hey, I don't want to hang out? Because what if he just, like, shows up at the bar at 8? It's weird because, too, you don't want to put it like, – you don't want it to make it seem like you don't want to hang out with him. You don't want to be like, hey, if you don't want to hang out, that's fine. Right. But I also don't want to be like, we're on for 8, right? Because if he's thinking – like, if he's about to turn on... What if you do something more open-ended? Like, so what's the deal with today? But what if that reminds him that today was a thing? When he's ready to, like, get on the couch and watch Broadchurch or something. Here's the deal. Then- I, d- I feel like what's the deal with today, though, has a sort of, like, hint, like, of... Like... I don't need to do this because it sort of has this implication like, oh, I just remember what's going on today. Yeah. I'm really thinking silence might be the best bet. The only downside is that of that is if he's at the bar at eight and he texts me, I'm like, fuck. In my pajamas. Then, how far away from you are it? Wait, wait um, how far away are you from the bar? I'm about like a six minute walk. Why don't you just say, what, what if he texts you like, oh, sorry, 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 I'm just running late. I was doing the podcast. Um, oh, but then that reminds me there's a podcast. Like, you know what? I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to Mike's podcast this week. <laughs> Maybe. Sorry, sorry, I was doing something and uh, I got caught. I couldn't get out of this phone call. Yeah. And then you just run over there. That's possible. I just won't get too com- I'm already in my pajamas, but I won't get too comfortable. I could throw on jeans real quick. Okay, so... um. We're doing a show, right? Joe, what's yeah. up with you? What's up in L.A.? Oh, um, what did I have here for my first story? Oh, oops, sorry. Um, I have these friends from uh, Newport Beach, right? Mm-hmm. That um, they, we, we see each other only very once in a while. Like, I actually haven't, I've, I've seen them two, two times now. Uh, in the past couple of weeks, but before that, we couldn't, we could not. Do you have any friends like you, like a group of different people, and you're trying to get together, and it always turns into like, okay, how about next year? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But finally, we settled on a date, and uh, we met up at this uh, restaurant in Costa Mesa called Greenleaf, and it was fine. It was nice seeing them. It was like, well, Beth couldn't make it because she didn't know if it was going to really happen and then she made other plans but um but my friend Danielle and Ronnie and Melanie you know and we we're having a really 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 good time and then um as I was there Cameron called okay and he's like what are you doing I'm on my way home and I go and actually the restaurant is literally on his way home okay and I go oh we're I'm at this restaurant you should stop by and he's like honestly I don't really want to stop by yeah after yeah. work 
Yeah, after work, oh, he's yeah. like, I'm, t- I'm tired. And then, but then Danielle grabbed the phone. She's like, Cameron, because they never met him. Like, get over here, you know? We yeah. want to meet you. So he's like, ugh. So it's he rough, com- yeah. Yeah, he comes and he goes. And he, I will give him this. He puts on such a brave face. He puts on a good face, you know? And he's like, hey, everybody. And he's super, super nice. And then, um, then. The, the girls and I, because where do, where do they live? Orange County, Newport Beach, right? And I have to say, it's my fault. We were talking about, like, maybe next time the husbands could come. Mm-hmm. And I go, uh, okay, but honestly, I don't want to get in any kind of political discussion, right? I don't want yeah. to be, like, Republicans versus liberals, right? Mike, this sparks a no. superheated political debate. Were there Trump supporters there? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. And it, you know what's even worse is in there, like, oh, we know Trump is crazy, but he's better than Hillary. And it's one of these things where, like, at a certain point, I was like, I can't, I can't fight with this. I can't, I don't want to, first of all, yeah. I don't want to fight. I didn't right. show up to here to have a political debate with my friends, you yeah. know? Um, but, uh, but so it turns into this huge, giant political debate and whatever, right? And Cameron's just there staring. You know, he doesn't know what to say. Right. And then... He just wants to go to sleep. He just wants to go to sleep. And then these girls are, like, super inappropriate, right? They're like, oh, we're crazy Orange County housewives, you know, and we're inappropriate. And they start making, like, all these sex jokes about Cameron. Okay. okay? And he's like, he doesn't say anything, whatever. Yeah. And they're also like, well, what? <laughs> never mind. I was going to point out the age difference and how that might make him comfortable, but they're like your age. So, no, they're actually even, they're even older than I am. Okay. But I mean, that doesn't make, it's not a huge, it's not a really strong point to make on my part when they're like basically your age. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's like, oh, okay, hey. And then I find out days later. He was really upset. He at was like, what? At the jokes. They the jokes they were making about him. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of jokes? Like, well, what's funny is I don't remember. And I said, and I remember at one point this actually I wouldn't. It does not cause a fight at all. It was more of a debate between me and Cameron. And I want your opinion here. He goes because I go look, Cameron. I'm, I go. I noticed when they made the jokes, I was really uncomfortable, but I didn't want to make a scene. Yeah. And he goes, no. No, you were part of it. <gasps> and I was like, I was? He goes, yeah, you made a joke about how, you, like, yeah, that they made a joke about me bending over at, at the restaurant. And that you made a joke, like, you said, yeah, and I'm going to fondle his balls. And I took my, and you took your hand, you moved your fingers up and mimed fondling my balls. And I was like, look, I can say inappropriate things. Yeah. But that's not really my style. Well, maybe What's those your opinion words exactly. Here? What, wait, what are you asking me? Because I have my own theory on what happened. But do you, could you see me making that joke? Like, yeah, and then I fondle his balls. And then I, I just move my fingers like I have balls in my hand. Of course not. But I could see you making, if there was a pun involved of some sort, I could mm-hmm. see you doing it. Like, maybe he's not remembering the exact words. But I could certainly see a situation where... You add on to something somebody says by saying something about fondling his balls or something. 
Like if if there was a pun involved or if it made somebody else's joke funnier or something like that. See, I think there's a Carrie situation going on here. Remember the movie Carrie? Stephen King's Carrie? Yeah. I remember she they they dropped that pig's blood on her and then no one's laughing. But in her head, she sees them all laughing at her. Uh Uh-huh. It's the same thing. I think someone else made the joke, and he was so furious in his head, he sees me making that joke and laughing hysterically. Meanwhile, I was crying, you know? But, uh, because that's not really my... Now, the girls that were there, I could totally see one of them making that joke. Yeah. And I may have even laughed at it, you know, in some sort of awkwardness. But I can't see myself making that joke. Well, in early days of podcasting with you, Joey, there was a situation where somebody made a joke, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. used language that made you uncomfortable. And you got upset with me for not standing up because I was the one that knew that person better. And I know mm-hmm. you. And so I should have intervened and been the person that said, like, not cool, guys, where – now you're kind of in a situation between your friends and your boyfriend. You know your friends well. You know your boyfriend. This joke was making him uncomfortable. Why is it different? Now that's a different. That's to? a different discussion, and I might agree with that. Maybe I should have stood up for him. Yeah, you know. But um, the point is, he's not really. You have to understand something. This is a kid who's only dated girls his whole life, and regardless yeah. of what the situation is between us, this is very new for him. So to have older people. Making fun of him for it, I think he was very, very sensitive to it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of hanging out with a bunch of chicks, man. Yeah. Uh, Steve and I agreed this Valentine's Day that we wouldn't buy each other gifts. Okay. Sorry. My office chair is getting really squeaky. That wasn't farting. Right. Office chair, Mike. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Valentine's Day, Steve and I agreed we wouldn't buy each other gifts. Of course we did. I guess that's kind of how it goes. But uh, instead of like going out and doing that kind of thing, we were going to cook a good dinner in, eat in uh, my house. Just kind of take it easy, easy right? Mm-hmm. Just honestly, like the idea of battling restaurant crowd on no awful i'm i think i'm officially in the old category by the yeah. way because i'm like oh can't we do it on wednesday afternoon instead to beat the crowd like i'm mm-hmm. all about just do whatever can we just do two o'clock at sizzler yeah let's beat the crowd i wonder though this weekend i mean this year valentine's day was on a sunday mm-hmm. i wonder if that was any better because like traffic was spread out friday saturday sunday and Monday was a holiday. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if, like, people went out all weekend instead of just that one night. Because when it's on, like, a Thursday night or a Friday night, like, that night is really busy. I don't know. Um, anyway, we decided to just stay in and do our thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, now, is it awkward because you live in a house with other people, so are they doing their own Valentine's thing in the house as well? Well, the two – the couple – they, like, there's not a lot of love there. Oh, really? There's not a lot of love to celebrate, so no. Um, but w- Steve and I had this plan. We were like, because what happens is sometimes you go down, if we were going to cook a nice dinner and eat it together, you go down at dinner time and there's three other people cooking. And you're like, ugh, when you want to cook an elaborate meal, it's awful. So we had this smart plan. We were going to eat 
um, light early in the day and then eat dinner at like 3.30. Like start okay. cooking at 3.30. So then we'll get out, out of the way. And then we would have – we had other like snack light stuff we can have later, like cheese and wine later if we wanted yeah, it. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. So we're staying in. We're doing our thing. We cooked. It was delicious. And then we just started getting like antsy. I don't know. We just – it was weird to have a plan to do nothing made mm-hmm. us want to do something. Like yeah. do – I don't know. So Steve's like, why don't we go see a movie? And then just like very impulsively, we looked up a movie. Uh, it was starting like very short in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. We got up. We put our shoes on and we left like really quick. Bam, bam, bam. And the movie we picked was this movie called How to Be Single. Do you know this? I've seen the title, but who's in it? Dakota Johnson, who's the Fifty Shades of Grey chick. Rebel Wilson is in it. Fat Amy. Mm -hmm. She's known as Fat Amy. I'm not calling her fat. And it was good. This isn't a movie review show. I know you get mad if I review movies, so I'll skip that. I get furious. I know, yeah. It was just like a really typical chick flick. It was good, but typical, right? Yeah. And can you imagine? Imagine what you think the crowd, sellout crowd, okay? Movie mm-hmm. theater is sold out. Sold out. The crowd is Valentine's Day night, sold out in the evening. Mm-hmm. What do you think the crowd looked like? How to be single. I, yeah. I feel it's at least 70% uh, single chicks in their like, anti-Valentine's Day parties. Going to go see yep. this. It was, I would say, closer to 99%. Sold mm-hmm. out theater. There were me and Steve and maybe two other guys in the whole theater. Wow. And then the average group was like not a lot of like two or three women group. It was like mm-hmm. – I would say the average group was like somewhere between 10 and a dozen women. So it was just these huge groups of women. And I'm going to – I'm not – being sexist i am just telling you my experience Mm -hmm. there were i've never seen this before like well and i think this actually has nothing to do with gender but when you're in huge groups like that you're just rowdier so like 10 groups a group of 10 women they when they say something they want all 10 women to hear or they want to talk (laughs) across the group to their friend on the other end of the theater right cassidy yes cassidy (laughs) cassidy it was that Look up, Cassidy, look over here, look. There was so much Snapchatting going on during the whole thing. Oh, God, yeah. And Joey, I'm not even joking, and Steve agreed with me. Steve is much nicer than I am. You know that. And he's not a complainer. But the talking that was going on during the previews of this movie was not okay. It was not okay. It was like what you would expect at like an outside cafe or something. Like it was Mm -hmm. just so loud or like at a football game in a stadium. It was just loud. And if that talking kept going throughout the movie. I'm imagining like 300 Christina's from Green from Nowhere. (laughs) I would have gone because it was, I spent money on that. I would have been angry. I couldn't have heard the movie. But luckily when the movie did start, everybody quieted down. And that's pretty, I mean, it was a cute little movie and we had a good time. And Mm -hmm. throughout the movie, it was like, anytime a baby got on screen, and again, I'm not being sexist. I'm telling you my experience only. Anytime there was a baby on the screen, the whole crowd went, aww. (laughs) 
stuff like that. And they were very reactive, reactive, reactionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were very reactive during the whole thing, and it it turned out fine. But if you asked me during the previews how it was going to turn out, it would this it would have been a totally different story for this podcast. But did um, Steve like the movie? You know what? We watched Deadpool that same weekend before. Mm-hmm. Steve liked this movie better than Deadpool. What? Deadpool yeah. is so good. Deadpool, no, he li- he liked Deadpool, but he said this one was a little bit better. Can I tell you though? Steve is kind of like a superhero purist, and he likes like the Avengers and X Men and all of that as they are. He's mm-hmm. not a huge fan of these like. I guess they're calling them anti-heroes, but like the Ant-Man or the Deadpool where it's like a jokey take on the same universe, you know? But I don't know what Ant-Man's like, but Deadpool is jokey in the comic. Like, this is very true. The only thing that pissed me off is that Deadpool in the comic books is uh, bisexual. But I guess Ryan Reynolds, you know, has said he wants him to date a guy in the next movie. Well, I think... So I'm not saying that Steve wants all the movies – and I'm totally speaking for him and we haven't really even talked this. I don't think that he believes – he wants every movie to be um, uh, an exact replica of the comic book. I think it's like he likes the normal X-Men type comic. He likes Batman or Superman or that sort of mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. not so much these like jokier kind of superheroes. Or anti-heroes or whatever. If you had to guess what his favorite movie is, his favorite superhero movie, what would it be? Like this uh, Avengers movie or uh, Dark Knight? No, I think he really likes Avengers and X-Men. I would say it's one of those. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Let me know. Steve, if you're listening, text me. Yeah. Um, What about you? you? Did you see Deadpool? I did see Deadpool. I saw it with uh, my friend uh, John and Paul. Oh. Which, by the way, uh, John, he of uh, the fan of the dolls, brought a tiny little doll with him. A Deadpool a little, doll? A little Deadpool. Well, they only, because Deadpool's not a really popular action figure character, all he had was like a little tiny, like, army man-sized Deadpool. And he put it on his seat next to him. I don't understand that, man. Like, in his own seat or, like, in the same seat that John's sitting in? No, well, so, this is actually really smart on John's part. I've learned this. So, uh, John and I both go to this movie theater chain, very small. It's a high-end movie theater chain called The Arclight, okay? Mm -hmm. And now I can only go to The Arclight. It's one of those, like, you pick your seat and everything's high-end, right? Yeah. And one of the things that they do that's really nice is that the front rows of this of the of the audience are still very far away from the screen. There is a giant space between the first row and the screen. Yeah. So and the first two rows are set off from the rest of the audience. So it's like the first two rows and another huge space and the rest of the audience, like the stadium seating. John likes to sit in the middle of the second row. Which okay. any other theater you're thinking, oh my god, but this is actually really far from the screen it's actually really nice but no one ever buys those tickets unless it's like a sold out show Mm -hmm. so as a result we had the whole row to ourselves sure even though it was a a fairly crowded audience we had the road to ourselves and so john just put the little action figure in in an empty seat next to him Hmm. um joe what's up with you any stories you want to tell me from today 
Today? Yeah. Something happened today. Oh. So um, my car needed an oil change and a tune-up and all this stuff. And so there's a mechanic by my parents' house. He, the mechanic actually lives on my parents' street. So they totally trust him, and he is really good to us. Okay? Yeah. So whenever my car needs work, I always take it to him because I trust him. Okay? So um, it, it, I knew he was going to have it for a while. So I told my mom, can you follow me to the mechanic? And then uh, we will uh, go to the mechanic and um, and then come home. And she's like, great. And she goes, do you want to go to lunch? And I go, yeah, I'll take you to lunch. We're doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. But then she goes, I already ate, but I'll go with you. We went to this Chinese place. It was so delicious. This Chinese place was so good, right? It was like yeah. it was basically like Chinese. And all I saw was Chinese soup. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's very spicy, and I've been having stomach problems too. The whole time I'm trying to eat my food, my mom's like, mm, "I don't really know if you should be eating that." And I was like, "I'm, I'm fine." Mm. <laughs> okay, I mean you can go ahead and eat it, but I think it's gonna make you sick. It, yeah. By the way, it has not made me sick. So that's what I'm eating. Literally, the whole time my mom's staring at me, telling me how I shouldn't eat everything I'm eating. So we go. We drop off the car. Oh, so recently my parents got uh, purchased artificial grass for their lawn. And they spent okay. a lot of time researching it. And they actually spent a lot of money because their big fear is it was going to look really bad. Yeah. Right? And I have to give them credit. People do stop and ask them, your lawn looks so good. Where did you get it done? Okay, mm-hmm. like even the post lady came and knocked on the door and was like, I, we're thinking of doing this. What can you tell me? And my mom went and told her, right? But a couple of weeks after that they started, they got the grass, one day we came home and like a big chunk of the grass, the edge, was just torn up. Like someone pulled it out. Okay. And mom's like, can you believe someone did that? Can you believe that? I bet you it's that man up the street. He, I know he's very jealous of how good the grass is because his looks horrible. And so then my dad's like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, do, do, do something. Up. What, what are we gonna do? We're gonna get um, uh, security cameras, and we're going to put this put on the lawn, and we're gonna find out who did it, right?" Yeah. Of course, they never do it, right? right then right. a few weeks later, so nothing happens for a few. Oh, so then the company that put it in, they come and they. Fix it. They're like, oh, you know what? Well, this one's on us, you know? And we, yeah. they put in, like, we'll put in extra long spikes so the person would have to work really hard to take it out, right? Yeah. Then a few weeks later, it's pulled up again. Same spot? Same spot. Uh-oh. My mom's like, oh, this is awful. I don't know who's doing this. Why would they do this to us? Why would they do this to us? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get that camera, right? So then today, when we're coming back from the... From the um, <laughs> mechanic, uh-huh. right? We dropped. Out, we just dropped off the car. I see a bunch of kids <gasps> tugging at the grass. Oh! And I go, look, look! And then she goes, oh, go pull up to them, pull up to them. And then they they pull and they pull the whole thing out. You see them do it, right? Yeah. And um, my mom goes, my mom goes. Listen, I saw you do that. I saw what you guys did. I see you. I see you. Don't do that. I saw you. And they're like, we didn't do anything. And they run away. Uh-huh. And she was like, follow them, Joey. Follow them. Turn the car around and follow them. I want to see where they live. And I was like, first of all, you you need to calm down. Okay? Yeah. They're, first, they're children. I'm not going to go hunt down 
children. Right. Do it. Do it. Do it. Right. <laughs> so then I I go. Let me handle this. So I'm not going to get into the, like the way the street throughout my parents' house work, but I know how it works really well. So they make a left, but I go straight because I know if I go straight, it'll come around and block them off from where they're going. Right. That's mm-hmm. not my intention, by the way. So I go in my car, and I and my mom's like, what are you doing? Why are you going this way? Go after them and follow them. I want to see where they live. They go, listen, if you follow them, they're not going to go home. Right. Okay? So don't. The, just trust me. I don't know what you're doing. First of all, so then I go, just trust me. Then she gets on her phone, calls 911. <gasps> 911, I paid a lot of money for my lawn and these kids. There's like three of them. I caught them. They've done it two times before. She's given the whole story. They just transfer her to the local police department. Okay. Sure. So she's talking to the police department now. And what I've done is I've now very discreetly parked the car. Now I'm in in surveillance mode. Sure. Okay. Because I know they're going to be coming down that street. And sure enough, here come the kids. And there's a part, if you keep going straight where they're going, there's apartments and the Latino one. There's a Latino boy, a white boy, and, a, and an African American kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a Chinese kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> yes. And uh, America Ferrara was just there hanging out. So then um, the little Latino boy's like, bye to them. And then he just goes to his house in the apartments. Then they come up the street, right? And Still like, carrying oh. the grass? No, they don't have, they're not carrying the grass. They just pull, all they do is just pull it up, like just to oh. take it out of the, yeah, they're not, they don't have grass in their hands. So now they're coming up the street towards the car, but they don't pay attention. They're not expecting a car to be sitting there staring at them, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to see where they live. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay. Betty, with the police, jumps out of the car. Hey, you, I'm on the phone with the police. Where do you live? And then like, ah, and they just run away. And I'm like, scatter. Oh, yeah. And I go, get in the car. Get, what are you doing? You just ruined it. What's wrong with you? So then they get in the car and I now speed around the other way. Right. And I know where they have to go now. So then again, now I now, now I, I speed around the other way. And I park the car again. I don't know how these kids don't recognize. I, I, if I were them, I'd be like, I'm going to be on the lookout for a, a, a gray car. Right. Yeah. So now we park the car again, and now it's just the African-American kid, okay? He Now the white kid's gotten home somehow, right? And now he's looking back and looking back and looking back. He's super scared, okay? And so now I'm just like in full stalker pedophile surveillance mode, right? Yeah. Betty, now he's walking by the car, still doesn't see us, which I find really shocking, she now gets super, she's like, oh, I see what you're doing. But now she she thinks she's like a detective and she gets like super like obvious, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now she's super conspicuous, if you will. Yeah. Reading a uh, newspaper, but looking up over yeah, it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. She pulls up, she pulls the, she <laughs> in front of him, right, right by, she puts the sun visor down and puts her phone up. And he's like, oh, he totally sees us, right? Yeah. And so then he runs down his street. Uh-huh. She goes, turn the car around. And so I turn the car around. And now we go down the street. There's no one there. But there are some Mexican gardeners uh, working on the street. And she goes, my mom talks to him. She goes, do you see where a boy with a red shirt went? And he goes, yeah, he went to that house. And she goes, mm. and then she like writes down the address and we go home. So then she calls the police. Mm-hmm. And the police come and they take a report. She goes, look, I don't. 
I don't want you to um, – they're good kids. I can tell they're just good kids. They're just being mischievous. And I know what they did is a felony. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't want to ruin their lives. Just do me a favor. I don't want to press charges and, and ruin their life forever. Just scare them. Okay? And he's like, okay, ma'am. And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man, you've been in prison 45 years. What you in for? <laughs> when I was 13, I was walking by this old lady's house, and I pulled on her artificial turf. <laughs> man, what do you're you think tough. What do you think they wanted for? What the hell do they want fake grass for? No, no, they weren't pulling up to steal it. They're just, it's, it's essentially almost like, almost like if you're pulling up someone's toupee. It's essentially nailed into the ground. And yeah. what they were doing was just pulling it up so it came out of the ground. But why? Because it's they're so 13 weird. and stupid. Yeah, it's so weird. So the cop came back and he said he put the fear of God into them. And my mom's like, good, I'm glad. And she goes, then later on she was like, I think I'm going to call the police department because I want to know if he spoke to the parents because I think the parents should really bring them over here and have them personally apologize to me. Oh, God. And I was like, just leave it alone, okay? Leave Please, it alone, just yeah. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So she was, she was, she, oh, and she's been telling everyone who would listen. Everybody in this neighborhood now has heard this story. Of course. And I've heard it a thousand times. Our parents are the same person. You know that, right? Like, I, yeah. I, if I were in this situation, I already know how she would react. So, yeah. Yeah, my mom, my, my, what's funny is the, the cops got here within like 20 minutes and she was on the phone between that time. She was like, I don't know. I called the police. They're still not here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, listen, someone tugging on your uh, artificial grass isn't <laughs> a, a, a dragnet. It's not going to be called. Right. It's not like – my mom would have had Homeland Security involved. Yeah. Stop traffic. There would be a checkpoint to make sure yeah. none of those kids were in the back of the car. Yeah. But, then, of course, now I'm involved. Yeah. And and, and do you know – I, I think if he were smart, and I'm sure he did, he ran home and was like, Mom, some creepy car was following me, and I think there's a kidnapper. My mom was like, I hope he calls the police. Uh, by so. the way, I just got a text. Hey, are we still doing a beer tonight? You see, he pulled it on you. He pulled it on you. Well, now you have the chance to go like, hey, you know what? I'm not really feeling it tonight. Is that what you say, though, after I've been flaky? Oh, have you been flaky? A mm, little bit. Hey, are we still doing a beer tonight? Oh, God. Um, I'll answer in a minute. Joey. Um, last week, well, this is all related. I'm not feeling good and it's still all related. Last Thursday I got sick. It's boring reasons. It was insulin related, but I ended up calling in sick on Friday. Mostly just because I'm just, I just don't feel a hundred percent. Like I could go mm -hmm. and work and everything, but like the thought of sitting at a desk for eight hours while I feel like this ugh, just doesn't feel good. I could do it. I just don't want to do it. So I called in sick Friday, which I tend to... I almost never want to call in sick on Mondays or Fridays because I feel like those are the days that they're going to be like, he's not really sick, but I mm -hmm. was, so whatever. So uh, in the past couple months, Steve and I have talked about how we want to go on more dates. Like we've sort of just gotten to this routine where we sit and watch TV or just we'll go get dinner and then, you know, sit and do nothing. Um, and it's, 
ironically, this is after I told you that we didn't go out on Valentine's Day, but yeah. this this isn't like, oh, we're unhappy. It's just like we both have realized like we don't do stuff anymore. We just kind of are boring together, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and Steve is incredible. So after we brought this up, he's like trying to like think of things to do and he's awesome. And on Friday last week, um, he put together kind of a fun date for us. He was like, let's do dinner and then we'll go to drinks at this piano bar. No, we'll have drinks at my house, then drinks at the piano bar. Like just Mm -hmm. plans, right? Nothing Mm -hmm. extraordinary, but like not sitting and watching Netflix. Um, and then I'm turned out to be sick, but I'm like. Oh, I can't. He, this is the story. Of my this is with Daniel too on the phone. I'm like, I, maybe I should just do it, even though I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I even what's funny is I did so much. I didn't want him to know that I didn't feel good. I didn't tell him I called in sick on Friday. Eventually, I did, but like the whole day when we we're texting and stuff, I didn't tell him like I'm at home. We were just texting, okay. We go have dinner. I don't feel so good. Then we do drinks and go to the piano bar. But mm-hmm. before the piano bar, Joe, he was like, oh, just so you know, it gets really crowded. Which, <sighs> strike one, okay? And he's like, but no worries. I have a plan. We just have to show up an hour early and, and we could sit and wait for it to start. And then... We can leave after whenever you feel like leaving. So it, the thing started at nine o'clock. So we had to get there at eight o'clock and sit. So before we even like got there, we were early. So we're like, even before our hour early, we were early. So we're sitting around and in my head, I'm like, I should tell him I just want to go home. Like right now, all I yeah. want to do is turn around and leave. Yeah. And he was like, well, we don't have to stay that long. Maybe just a couple hours. And I was like, oh, a couple hours, but then... I want to say a couple of minutes. A couple hours plus the hour extra that we have to get there early. That's a long time, and I feel like I'm going to vomit. So I don't say anything. We go to the um, place, and it's fine, and we sit down, and we get decent seats. And it actually turned out to not be that crowded. And I ended up having a really good time. Like, yeah. I always do, I think, when I say, like, oh, I don't even want to do this. Those are the best times. Yeah. But I ended up um, – there was a three piano players. It was like a dueling piano situation, they call it. Mm-hmm. And they cycle out. There was, like, a f- one guy f- who – they would just, like, rotate. Do you know what I mean? Like, for mm-hmm. breaks. Um, and two of the guys were, like – the most hackiest they were all really good piano players but one of the two of them were like the stupidest jokes um one of them kept changing lyrics to sexual things it's just like really stupid like not even stand-up comedy like bad teacher comedy or dad comedy or something are you sure you weren't watching a live performance of the podcast dubious intent um i've never heard of that that's a, well, that's a joke that's funny to me. <laughs> um, it just was like really hacky comedy. Um, you would have been uncomfortable with how bad it was. But one of the piano players was like super smoking hot. Steve and I both thought he was hot. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like – well, we figured out he was half white, half something else. Because mm-hmm. um, the p- 
piano player made a joke that there was one and a half white guys on the stage, something like yeah. that. So we knew that, but um, it was a good time. Do you do piano bar? Do you like that? I do. Uh, I would like that, but I, not, but I like a piano bar that I would stroll into. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I've often said my favorite gay bar ever was the first gay bar I ever went to. It used to be in Buena Park called Oz. O-Z-Z. Also my first gay bar. Is it really? Yeah. And uh, it got torn down when they expanded the freeway. The five, yeah. The five. And, um, but I liked it because I've never seen another, I'm sure maybe they have gay bars like this in other places, but I've never seen a gay bar like this in LA, where it had three very distinct areas. It had, um, to, when you walked in, and I know you know this, Mike, but I'm telling it for the benefit of our listeners. Mm-hmm. When you walked in, there was a steakhouse, strangely, to your right. <laughs> Which is the only reason I got in. Yeah. Because I, you... I would go pretend that I was eating. And then when it turned into, like, gay bar, I would already be in. That's oh. how we would get in underage all the time. So then if you walked – well, no, I went there when I was 18. They, they must no. have 18 overnights. Oh, maybe a night. Not, yeah. I don't, not that I remember, but – I don't know. Maybe they got let's, rid of it. Who knows? Let's see if it's on their website. <laughs> so then if you walk straight to the back, that was where, like, the club was. You know, that's where they played the dance music. But then if you walked into the left, there was a little cabaret, and that's where they had a piano bar. So it was good for, at least for someone like me, because I'm didn't. i not a big dancer, you know? Yeah. So, and I wasn't going to go to a steakhouse when I was 18. So it allowed me to go like, I would, I would dance. I would do it for a little bit, but then very often I would then just stop and then go to the piano bar and hang out. And so, um, yeah, so the piano bar, I like that. And I like watching the performance and always this cabaret racing or Rudy Delamore, who has recently passed away. Um, and uh, I was a big fan of that, and I liked it. And uh, so I do like piano bars, and I like gay. I wish there were more gay bars with piano bars, at least in Los there Angeles. There was a, a story I told on this podcast. I remember, I think I did. Um, when I went to Philadelphia, I went to a little gay bar that had karaoke every night with live piano. So the pianist, you would just put in your request, no. None of this like monitors with lyrics kind of bullshit. You just got put in your request and you stood up and sang the song with the pianist. And that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a lot of like gay songs. Um, and I, re- I actually remember I Instagrammed somebody singing um, Rainbow Connection, <laughs> which I guess is kind of gay, right? I mean, yeah. the Muppets aren't that gay, but. Um, I never saw that Instagram though. It's there. Is do you think? How would the guy remember? I went to that reading at Richard's uh, thing. It was like, <laughs> it's morning, Jesus. Which, by the way, remember you recently you sent yeah. me that song, which was awesome. Joe, um, for everyone listening, probably forty episodes ago, Joe had a story and there was audio to go along with it. And he was like, but I want you to listen to it for the first time while we're recording. So here's MP3. And then uh, in a kind of spring cleaning of my Dropbox, I was clearing stuff out and deleting stuff and whatever. And I found the MP3 and I was like, what is this? (laughs) And I played it. And then (laughs) I had to text it to Joe because it was so funny. 
When I listened again, it was still ridiculous. It, it, yeah. If you don't remember the story, if you didn't hear that far, it was a, a like a an open mic that I went to where the guy, in honor of someone who had died, wrote a song for him, but he was clearly making the song up as he went along. It was like he, nothing rhymed. Well, because remember was... he was reading from the guy's book, which I actually have a book right here. Okay, so I'm going to do it because I, I love doing this, right? And I'm going to do the same melody. Okay. So I have a book. It was from the guy's book. This is from the book Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, which, by the way, has really changed my life. There's an obvious danger in putting reminders of things you need to do somewhere out of sight, the function of an organization. And you're like, oh, God. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, So, So news stories. Do you got any news stories to share with me? Okay, you know, because I know you're not feeling well, and you are you decided whether you're going to go see Daniel or not? I already texted him, and I was like, would you mind doing another night? Oh, okay. And, and he said, I said, would you be pissed if I said, let's do another night, feeling too worn out to put pants on? And he's like, haha, not pissed, but I'm not free or around until March 5th, which That's is next Saturday. That's a week away. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not, okay, but I'm not free until February 29th. <laughs> Yeah, I won't be around till next month. 2020. Okay, so um, okay, so why don't we? Do, but I know you're not feeling well, so why don't we do this? I have two news stories that I picked today. Pick them today. You're gonna choose this news stories, okay? Okay. Mike, food writers fooled by gourmet meal made. With McDonald's ingredients. Story number one. Food writers fooled by gourmet meal made with McDonald's ingredients. Next story. Clown. Charged with sexually assaulting two young girls. So let me repeat that because I, I stumbled there a little bit. I think I got like a, a frog in my throat. Food writers, story number one, food writers fooled by gourmet meal made with McDonald's ingredients. Or story number two, clown charged with sexually assaulting two young girls. I'm going to go with McDonald's. Are you sure? Because they yeah. both involve clowns, is a clown. So, oh, so you want the? Oh, you didn't say clown. Okay, all right. Here we go. Mike, a celebrated LA chef, tricked a group of food writers by serving an elaborate five-course meal that was secretly made with McDonald's ingredients. With McDonald's ingredients, Neil Fraser has drawn extensive praise for his cooking at local hotspots. And last night, a select group of writers were loving it with his own interpretations using the fast food giant's fare. According to the OC Register, around 40 writers were invited to a private dinner at the historic Carondola Hay House, where the former Top Chef Masters contestant informed them that he would be cooking with experimental and fresh ingredients and promised guests that there was nothing sneaky. But they wouldn't find out until after the meal that those fresh items actually came from Mickey D's suppliers. The menu included chilled avocado soup, 
a buttermilk dressed romaine salad with bacon bits, spicy meatballs, and bacon wrapped chicken. But little did they know they were chowing on ingredients typically used for McWraps, Egg McMuffins, and Quarter Pounders. Once the source of the ingredients were revealed during the coffee custard dessert, reactions varied from shock to laughter to disturbed looks. And of course, plenty of Instagram posts. Reach for comment, Fraser responded through his publicist to Eater LA, It was an intriguing experiment. The challenge was to draw. Is it controversial? Sure. But this is also a means to keep the conversation going. Stupid. This is stupid. I I uh, saw this headline. I didn't read the story, though, but I saw the headline earlier this week. You always can, you can choose the other story. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, in on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere, I saw people sharing this. And in my head, I thought that it was actually, like, they were tricked somehow. This isn't yeah. really, like, tricking them. And some, like, really good chef used basic ingredients. Yeah, like lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we fooled you. We got this lettuce at yeah. somewhere else than you thought. Like, it's not well, really that much even of a said, trick. I think he even said some of the, like, there were some ingredients that were, like, I think, I think actually even the lettuce wasn't from them. It was like certain ingredients were from there. I don't know. It was clearly a PR thing because McDonald's paid him to do this. Sure, sure. This is this reminds me of the Walmart steak commercials. Do you remember these? No. Walmart did this thing for a while where it was like, uh, we brought in five people and they think that they're having steakhouse steaks. And little do they know, they're from Walmart. So they eat them and they're like, oh my god, so good. And then the guy's like, ta-da, look at suckers, these are bought at Walmart. And then they they turned them into commercials. And it was kind of like a thing for a while. They were inviting like groups of people to come to these like food tasting events. But then it Mm -hmm. turned out to just be like people cooked the food from walmart ingredients i think it was when walmart was trying to like really push their like uh grocery thing um i don't know have you ever been to a walmart grocery yeah oh yeah 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 my parent next to my parents house that's pretty much the close well that is the closest grocery so that we go there you know when you're at my parents house that's what you have to do yeah um i don't know i feel like it's just a dumb pr stunt and that's it Right, I agree. Um, there was an LA Weekly article about the whole thing, and it said that people, everyone was saying that it tasted like crap. Oh, really? Uh, one of the quotes is, "And that dinner turned out to be one of the most ill-conceived, bizarre marketing stunts of all time." Another one said, "I have to say that the OC Register's summation of the event is totally wrong. The food was shit, and not even near, and not even Neil Fraser could save it." And I feel thing. though, especially being a foodie and knowing foodie, that they were there was sour grapes were being fooled. I bet you it wasn't that bad. But now it's like once they figure out, because how would McDonald's ingredients look? Here's the thing: I get really upset with like people saying that McDonald's food is shit. Yeah. Like, look, you can say it's not good for you. You can say, you know, you can say a number of things. But here's the deal: McDonald's is a multi-billion-dollar-a-year company who spends an inordinate amount of money um, just chemically making sure the food tastes good. Okay? You can't deny the food tastes good. 
You can argue if it's good for you, but it it it's it's chemically engineered to exactly hit you in the just like the way Doritos has some chemical in it that makes you want to eat more Doritos. I mean, right. these people aren't fucking around. So I don't see how their ingredients. You're like, oh well, the, the McDonald's ingredients are shit. And you're like, mm, no, they're not. Yeah, but I mean, maybe as a, a foodie, and I'm just totally playing devil's advocate. Like maybe I feel better about food that i know is like good for me or is like freshly sourced or whatever all that kind of bullshit and so to find out after the fact that this like gourmet meal that you thought was up to gourmet standards wasn't then maybe that would change your opinion a little bit of what you just ate like maybe your opinion. No, because to me then it's that's disingenuous. It's either it tasted good when you ate it or you didn't, and now they're like, "Oh, I knew the whole thing." No, but, I, but my my devil's advocate, devil's advocate argument is that maybe your perception of a meal is more than just taste. It's like how you feel afterward, and if you know that the ingredients are chemically altered or a little bit or just less fresh, or you know, uh, all these other things. And I'm not saying I believe this, but I could see this being a rational argument that the meal is less good because of my perception of it has changed. Not, it's not all taste, right? It's also just like how I feel about the things I'm putting into my body when I eat it. Mm. I know what you're saying, but I think those people are stupid. Hey, Joe. What? Yeah. So I have two stories for you. Um, Shoot. We And what's funny is we've received emails about both of them telling us to do these. The first one is two people walking across the Golden Gate Bridge, hit with blow darts. Ooh. Second story, open letter to Yelp CEO gets woman fired. Okay, well, my friend Adam Vaught, I know, recommended the second one, but I'm not going to let that influence my decision. Oh. I'm going to think this out. So, the because the blow dart one is interesting, I kind of want to hear this story. But here's the thing. I don't think it's going to really prompt a lot of discussion. Okay. So I'm going to go with the Yelp one. Have you read the Yelp letter yet? Yeah. Uh, I haven't read the actual letter, but I know the, okay. I know the story. That's funny that you say that because I think that's pretty much general consensus. People are outraged over the letter, but I think very few of those people have actually read the letter. And I'm not saying their outrage would disappear if they read the letter, but... No, I'm just going to leave that right there. So, Joey, and for anyone who doesn't know, uh, a Yelp entry-level employee making about $733 every other week wrote an open and very long letter to Yelp CEO Jeremy Stoppelman, who, by the way, is so hot. Do you think he's hot? The- he's attractive. Uh, she wrote this letter on Medium.com complaining of her paycheck, various company practices, and reliance on rice to survive. The employee's name is Talia Jane, and she's since been fired from her job. Uh, in this letter, to kind of get the gist of it, she writes that she started working at Yelp uh, in a uh, uh, division of the company called Eat24. Um right after graduating with an English lit degree and she was willing for that reason to take an entry level job in customer support 
And she goes on to detail just how impossible it is for her to survive on $733 per paycheck. Mm -hmm. She lives in the East Bay. She's 25. She lists her rent as $1,245, which would leave $221 for her monthly paychecks. Her commute costs her about $11.30, and her monthly PG&E bill is $120. So I'm not good at math, but that's like leaving like – I'm really bad at math, especially when I'm on the spot. It doesn't leave her a lot left over. Um, she said she couldn't take it anymore, so she let loose on the internet. Um, some sentences from the letter are bread is a luxury to me, even though you got a whole fridge full of it on the eighth floor. She also said your employee, uh, for your food delivery app that you spent $300 million to buy, can't afford to buy food. Um, she said, if you starve a pack of wolves and talk, this is, re uh, referencing snacks in the break room and how they get on her floor get eaten really quickly. She said, if you starve a pack of wolves and toss them a single steak, they'll rip each other to shreds fighting over it. Um, that's pretty much the gist. Have you ever drank a liter of water before going to bed so you could fall asleep without waking up a few hours later with stomach pains because the last time you ate was at work? She talks about how she eats rice pretty much for every meal because that's all she can afford. Joey, what are your opinions on all this? Well, obviously, there's a lot of sympathy for her, you know, because she, you know, you don't want to hear anyone listen. But it's one of these things where I hate to be sort of like the meat. Well, first of all, I, here, no one wins in this story. Let me put it that way. No one wins. I think that this Yelp guy, cause I, first of all, I think Yelp is just a douchey website anyway and has its own problems. Okay. And I think this guy is douchey for firing her. Okay. Why Why is it nobody is mentioning the irony that she was fired for leaving a negative review on the internet? <laughs> I know. It's kind seriously. of funny, right? Um, and, but she elected to, no, she's, she's not forced by the government to work there. Sure. You know, and, and, and the truth of the matter is rent in the Bay Area is very expensive. Does she have roommates? No. See, that's kind of the bullshit. I call bullshit on that too. Like. You can't complain about rent in the Bay Area and not – I mean she doesn't have roommates. She lives alone. The price she's paying for rent, she probably has a decent place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what part of town does she live in? She, she says the East Bay, so probably Oakland somewhere. But yeah. I, I don't want to get – like I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are like being really – Okay, I'm torn because I there are a lot of people online that are being like really mean to her about like choices mm -hmm. and like oh we see on your Instagram that you had whiskey two weeks yeah. ago who paid I for your whiskey article. like just mm -hmm. like bullshit like that and like who knows how she got the whiskey and also like nobody's telling you how to spend your money you know what I mean like relax a little bit so I'm torn because I feel that but I also feel like minimum wage in San Francisco is shit. 1225 which is higher than most of the country but 1225 that doesn't jive with the cost of living here you know like yelp pays her 1225 because they can because that's the minimum that's the law why would they pay more but if if yelp wants to pay a sub living wage to its employees then the cost is they get shit publicity like this because i don't know it just, i'm i'm torn. no i, I 
I don't think Yelp reacted correctly to it. That's a really weird way to react. Have they commented on all on firing her at all or no? They said that it had nothing to do with the article, oh, which is bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, complete bullshit. Um, but the letter. Let's going back to the letter. Um, I think she makes a few solid points. By the way, I'm annoyed by this person, and I don't think I would be friends with her if I met her IRL. But she does make some solid points about. Like money spent on things by a company to make people quote unquote happy. But like, I remember I used to work for a test prep company that would send us to like parties in other countries and there would be Mm -hmm. a margarita machine in the office and baseball games. Meanwhile, I'm like, not sure how I was going to pay my rent, but I got free margaritas. Do you know what I mean? Like at a certain point, it does get very frustrating to see a company spend money on your happiness when like you're not sure you can afford like rent or food. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that that's, but she doesn't have to work there and she doesn't have to live in the Bay area. True. But I, I mean, people do have by to, herself by herself is certainly true. I also, there was like, um, after she got fired, she immediately put up donation links did you see that? Uh, no. Immediately put up a, a PayPal link and a Venmo link if anyone wants to help her. <laughs> um, but, Joey, so I'm 34, almost 35. Yeah. And I think, like, some definitions call me a millennial and then some defini- definitions of Gen Y include me as well. So I'm, like, kind of, like, right on that cusp between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think that this story hit and people are getting angry about it because – like there's this divide that we're seeing more and more right now because older generations, not even Gen Y, but like older generations are like fucking work for it if you want it. And then millennials now are more and more, they're starting to articulate that it's not easy to just work for it as it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. How old is this girl? Do we know? 25. And so I think that there's – this story hit because it's kind of like right – it's almost like a hot button issue right now because there's people on both sides of this like really not seeing eye to eye. I I just think it's really dumb. I don't think she should have been fired, but I just think it's really I think it's I think it's really dumb. I just let's that, say yeah. Let's say she's a hundred percent right that Yelp isn't paying her enough, and they're well, they're doing everything legal. But it's like morally maybe not so right. I think it's just kind of a stupid idea to like air it out in this way. Like you're kind of just asking to get fired anyway. She was like, but I don't think you would do this. I don't. I no. think you would just look for another job. Hundred percent, look for another job. She complained in her. There were a lot of things I disliked about the letter. Like I said, she annoyed me. Uh, but there's also a lot of things that I I agree with, and I understand where she's coming from, and like. Uh, she complains, for example, in the letter about having to work an entire year before she's considered for any promotion. Yeah, but that's how all jobs yeah. are. Uh, that's that's the world. Yeah, yeah. You kind of had to prove yourself before you get a promotion. Sorry. But then there were also some really good things she pointed out about um, the CEO talks a lot on Twitter about how much he cares about San Francisco's homelessness and helping people like that. But then he's employing people but paying them wages where she in the letter talks about her coworkers who uh, they have like a whiteboard where they write 
like oh it's almost like a bulletin board where you can write like messages like have extra whatever anybody needs some contact mike or whatever and people mm-hmm. write messages on there frequently about like losing my place and won't have a place to stay and like they help each other out with like couch surfing and that sort of thing and that this kind of gets in the area where like places like a walmart are having a large portion of their employees on public assistance like yeah. that's that's fucked right yeah but Walmart is different. I feel that's different because a lot of times Walmart, especially where this is happening, situates itself in towns, like very small towns, and they um, destroy the competition so that Walmart is the only game in town. And for these economically depressed areas, unless you're lucky in some sort of trade, the only place you can work is Walmart. And the only place where you can buy your food and your supplies is Walmart. They've essentially turned into this monster, particularly in like the Midwest and the South. So that Walmart is doing something different. Like you don't have to work at Yelp. Sure. But like a lot of like, but if you live in like Rogers, Arkansas, you probably have to work for Arkansas. I mean, for Walmart. Hmm. Yeah. Your life is so depressing and so sad that the only place you can work is Walmart. And so like the fact that they're doing that, they're not paying you a fair wage when the only option you have, and you don't have the money to move out uh, of this terrible Rogers, Arkansas is to work at Walmart. Yeah. I, I see the, the difference that you're bringing up, but I do think like, yes, she doesn't have to work there, but I think that the point is that our, our minimum wage is too like, how how else are we going to run like businesses unless people can afford to no, work No, 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 and, and I'm a big proponent of that. And one of the things people never bring up, actually, which is so funny, is you can read reports that, like, you have to raise the minimum wage. But raising the minimum wage alone doesn't do that much because, essentially, when you raise the minimum wage, then the, the, the government just gets more in taxes. So it's actually incremental what they make. But – the the government also in concert with raising the minimum wage needs to expand the earned income tax credit so that the people in the lower margins of society can keep more of that money so it's not even just that now they're getting they're also paying more to the government but they get to keep more of that money oh john arts was firing off an angry email right now but um but actually, no, actually, I'm making a very conservative point. It's one of the points that, you know, corporations make is why should we pay more? Why, don't, why doesn't the government step in? And government likes to say, like, you guys pay more. Why don't you do your part, too? So I'm actually making kind of a conservative point. But sure. the point is, it's true, though. This You need to expand the earned income tax credit. The government has to give a little bit, too, because then they get more money. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for raising the minimum wage, but I'm also for expanding the in- earned income tax credit. Next. What's the next topic? That's it. Oh, what do you got going on next week? Um, I had to look at Trello to tell you. I um, uh, this weekend I'm going to see Latrice Royale and, oh. and Willem. They're performing. There's a drag queen in San Francisco named Peaches Christ, who's very oh, very famous, famous here. Yeah, and Peaches Christ does these like reenactment shows, and this weekend they're reenacting Sister Act, uh, the Whoopi Goldberg uh, movie. Latrice mm-hmm. Royale is starring in it. So we're doing that on Saturday. And then Sunday uh, is the Oscars. And every year on this podcast, literally, mm-hmm. Joey, every year since we started, I think, 
I've told you my friend Bryce does these like elaborate Oscar parties and I never yeah. go. I never go because mm-hmm. they're always like dress up and bring a dish uh, and blah blah yeah. blah. So mm-hmm. this year Steve and I are both invited. We'll see if it happens. I have a strong feeling it's not going to happen. Oh no. Yeah, just like we you if you don't you're supposed to dress as your favorite Oscar nominated picture or black tie. Which both of those things sound awful to me. So yeah, that's that. And then on Monday, I'm actually going to be in downtown LA. Um, I'm only there for 24 hours for a meeting, and then mm-hmm. I already have dinner plans. That's why you haven't heard about it. But um, where are you going to dinner? Somewhere in Japantown. It's a vegan restaurant, vegan Japanese restaurant. Lil Tokyo, what it's called? Uh huh. Japan. Are you going to see? Are you going to see uh, Steve's family while you're down here? No, they're not Tokian. No, but they're in Koreatown, where Steve grew up. That's not true. Um, what have you got going on? For the rest of the week, I mean, besides boring work stuff, um, Sunday is a very big day. Some friends and I that include Richard and like my cousins and my boyfriend and this other group of friends, we're all going to go have brunch, and then we're going to Disneyland. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good. That's that's pretty much the only exciting thing I have going on before we record next. Oh, wait, that means we're not recording on Monday because you're downtown. Oh, shit, yeah. All right, we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, I'm Monday and I come back Tuesday, so we could do Wednesday or something. We'll figure it All out. All right. Okay. All right, Joey, well, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. I mean... Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.